We were both very excited about the Zion Johnson pick for the Chargers in the first round. We think he's going to go on to do some big things, but you don't have to take our word for it because on today's show, we have a Boston College expert coming on the show to tell you why you should be excited about Zion Johnson to the Chargers. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, and we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making this your first listen. And on today's show, we are glad you guys are here because we have a very special guest coming on the show to talk about Zion Johnson. But to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, we are going to have Mitchell Wolf on, who is a contributor to the Locked On Boston College podcast. He also does a lot of draft work and prospect work as well, but he is a Steelers fan. But he is very excited about the Zion Johnson pick, so he's going to tell us the story of how Zion Johnson got to where he was being a first-round pick, all the special things that he brings to the table, coming from a college that really has turned out a lot of great offensive linemen and why he thinks that Zion Johnson is going to have a long successful career with the Chargers and protecting Justin Herbert maybe feel a little bit better about you know the Justin Herbert's new bodyguard and keeping him upright because we know that's goal number one for any new offensive lineman so Great interview with him coming up. And then to wrap up the show today, we heard some press conferences from Asante Samuel Jr. and Josh Palmer, two guys who I think the Chargers are expecting big things from in their sophomore season. So at the end of the show, we're going to talk about what the expectations are for those guys, you know, with the new additions on defense like J.C. Jackson. What does that mean for Asante Samuel Jr.? Can Josh Palmer find a way to carve out more of a role for himself on offense when he still has some big dogs that have to eat as well. So we're going to get into that. But it starts here with Mitchell Wolf. All right, guys. Well, on today's show, we have a very special guest and a very special treat for you guys because we're going to be talking about Zion Johnson with someone who knows a ton about Zion Johnson. And we have a special guest here in Mitchell Wolf, who's a contributor for the Lockdown Boston College podcast. And for any of those who don't know, we have a bunch of great college podcast on the network as well so when we're your favorite pro team make sure to check out if you have a college team see if there's a locked on show for that as well but we have the only college host that we care about on today's show because this is the one who's been covering zion johnson at boston college the charger 17th overall pick this year so let's go ahead and get into it here with mitchell wolf there's a ton to like about zion johnson we are big fans of the pick but we're seeing him as the fully formed product that he is now, right? There were a lot of things that had to happen for Zion Johnson to get to where he is today, and his story is actually pretty extraordinary. So what can you tell Chargers fans about how Zion Johnson got to the point where he's getting drafted by the Chargers in the first round? Sure, and thanks for having me on, obviously. Um, so Zion Johnson's a really interesting story because um, he came to football kind of late. He only played two years of high school football. And I believe at his high school, it was a triple option offense. So <laughs> offensive linemen are usually a lot smaller. They're doing oh, a lot yeah. of different things, uh, you know, cut blocking, getting out in space, that kind of stuff. And he was only at about, I think, like 250 pounds in high school. <laughs> and so, you know, late football, he was actually a golfer early on in high school. That was what his uh, big sport was. And I think he played some basketball as well. 
but he didn't get any offers out of high school. It was a zero-star recruit and went to Davidson, which is a D2 college, North Carolina, uh, the alma mater of Steph Curry, actually. Yep. Um, and so there he was playing wing T uh, offense, so still playing <laughs> offensive line, but again, very non-traditional offense. And at one point, um, Phil Troutwine, who is currently the offensive line coach at Penn State, comes on as a, I think, a special teams coach. And I think he develops a connection with Zion and eventually he's getting hired back to Boston college, which is where he was the previous years as a GA. And he says, Hey Zion, like, I think you can play the next LA come transfer up with me. And Zion says, okay. Um, and he does that. And he's only like at like 275 pounds. So he's still pretty light. So they start putting weight on him over the summer to uh, adjust up BC's offense, which is extremely sure. run heavy, lots of uh, man gap schemes. So you need Pro bigger style, linemen. Yeah. Exactly. So they get up and they get up to like 290, and the coaches are raving about him. And you kind of think, oh, it's just this D2 transfer. Like he's not going to play really, but he plays a lot. Like they kind of rotate him in as almost like a matchup weapon because they would bring him in and just run gap power the whole time. And he <laughs> would just be pulling on every play and just absolutely killing people and it was awesome and so about half music to my ears yeah exactly so about halfway through the year they have a quarterback injury so then they lean even further into running the ball and he gets the starting job and so he comes in the last few games of the season and just puts on absolute clinic Uh, i think he would get second team all acc as a as a his first year in fbs football and from there it's pretty much off the races uh next year New coaching staffs, they move him to left tackle because he's their best player. They just want to put him where he can do best. And Makes he didn't, sense. he struggled early in the year. Obviously, you know, he's, he's a shorter guy. He has good arm length, but you know, that's just a tough adjustment. But after the first two or three games, he settles in, uh, gets another all ACC nod. And then in 2021 moves back to left guard is the most comfortable position and gets first team all American first team all <laughs> ACC, just incredible player. Um, really scheme versatile. So really interesting guy, really smart guy uh, graduated with his degree in computer science and then is finishing his master's degree in cybersecurity governance and policy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> definitely a super intelligent guy. Was there a specific moment or game that Zion had at BC where you realized this dude is going to end up in the NFL? I think that his, so his first start was, I believe against NC state and I'll, I'm going to look at the stats. I think actually, no, I do have them up here. So he started that, that was his first game starting and BC ran for 429 yards in that game. And it was almost <laughs> every play that broke big was behind. And that was when they had AJ Dillon, who was yeah, absolute monster. The quad well, God. Yeah, exactly. So that game, he just pops off the screen because he's just pulling every play and just destroying defenders. And then I think a few weeks later, they played Syracuse and ran for um, 600. Sorry, they had 691 yards of total offense two weeks later. So, you know, he, you just see him come in and the offense just completely changes. So I think that's, when, okay, we have something special on our hands. And the thing about Zion is that he obviously is very powerful, but he's developed his game so much in terms of the technical refinement of it, in terms of his hand placement, his footwork, and just in his ability to increase his power and his strength. Because again, like he's an undersized guy. And so he's physically maxed out now, but he is just so strong, both aggressively and passively, reactively and um, uh, passively. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you see that. But now all I can think about is like a pulling Zion Johnson. And then like, if you make it past him, you have AJ Dillon, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, what a mess. <laughs> yeah, if you somehow survive the first attack here. <laughs> right. Like it, it doesn't get any doesn't easier end. after that. Like that, that is just not, I used to play linebacker. I would not have wanted to see that. And, but and the funny thing is their backup who he, I don't think he's going to make the NFL, but their backup was David Bailey, who is six foot two forty five. 
that was the backup running back. So they called them the, the Buffalo brothers when that was that year. <laughs> so Boston college had a type. <laughs> yeah. Just like yeah, guys Steve, you Steve don't definitely has a type. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I'm glad you talked about the tactical refinement and things like that, just because when I was watching Zion Johnson and I've gotten spoiled the last couple of years with some really, really good offensive linemen that have come out of the draft. And this year specifically with Zion Johnson, I was just having a tough, tough time just finding cons, right? You go through a pros and cons list and there just wasn't very much to pick on, but like he does so many things so well. Like that's the thing is you don't really think of him as just a one thing or another, not just a mauler, right? Not just a guy who can pass protect but a guy who can do both. So like when you're looking at him, what do you think made him special? What do you think sets him apart from other offensive linemen with his skill set? I think the, like I said, like the power really pops off the tape. Um, just strong. his ability to anchor. <laughs> and yeah, like, if you just look at his lower body, like his, his lower body is so muscular and developed that he's just able to shut down power rushes. And that's when you're a guard, that's what you have to do. Like you have to be able yes. to shut down big defensive tackles as quickly yeah. as possible. And once he drops that anchor, like you're not moving him. So, and I think, you know, with all offensive linemen, there's small technical refinements you can always be making. Sure. But like you were saying, like you have to really be on your P's and Q's about knowing what offensive linemen do and what to look sure. for, like find some refinement issues. So like, you know, once like, all right, you know, maybe his hand placement could be a little lower. Maybe he could not kind of swing his elbows back before he strikes time, those strikes better. But those just flash every once in a while. Like they're extremely rare. So it's like, all right, you know, so maybe it's just, you know, he has bad rep, you know, and it's not a concerning point at all, but yeah. And, and like I said, like you see how much he cares about refining his game and being in the film room and improving uh, his, the technical aspects of his game that you watch him grow as a player from this guy. Who's just like a merciless puller to this guy who's, Oh, now he's playing left tackle in his own scheme. And then he moves back to gardens. Like, all right, this guy can basically do everything, even though he's not in the most traditional offensive lineman's body. Yeah, I mean, you got to love the versatility, right, that that brings to the table. I mean, when you get to the NFL level, coaches want to know, hey, what what positions can you play? How how can you how many different ways can you help me out? In 2019, Boston College had another first round offensive lineman when Chris Lindstrom was taken with the 14th overall pick by the Atlanta Falcons. What do you think is what do you think it is about the BC program that allows them to produce some elite offensive line prospects? Well, I'll say this, you know, this was under former head coach Steve Adazio, who for all his warts, and there are many, the man knows how to find (laughs) offensive linemen and develop them because I'll give you a sneak preview next year, this year upcoming, they have another guard, Christian Mahogany, who played right guard. What a name. Exactly. Uh, And he is, he's, I think he's going to be just as good as Zion because he's he's bigger and he's stronger. Like he has even more power and pop in his hands. He's got some more technical issues to to work on, but he's really good. So he's come up down the pipeline, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's been BC has been O-line you for, you know, this basically this century, um, you know, they've just been able to find, I think the thing is like BC is a very high achieving academic school and generally offensive linemen are kind of your smarter guys. So I think sure, that yeah. when you're able to find those smart guys that are big, you can, teach them how to play offensive line and they are re- really receptive to coaching. And that's how you see these guys that they stick around at BC, but they, you see them improve their game as they uh, spend more time there. And, you know, like I said, Adazio has a lot of faults, but he really knows how to just teach offense linemen how to play well and get to the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of different examples of them doing that. But I think the other thing, too, is just like the style of offense that they play obviously helps when you're talking about Mm -hmm. translation to the NFL and having those smart guys. I mean, another thing that's going to help you there is when these teams are interviewing you, especially for the Chargers, where they take such, you know, they 
keep that in such a high you know priority as far as you know, knowing players and really getting to know them and getting a feel for how smart they are and things like that you can tell that definitely plays at the nfl level and when teams are going to have these guys in for meetings but mm-hmm. we do have more we want to talk to including you know hopefully helping chargers fans feel a little bit you know less stressed out about the prodigal son justin herbert now that he has a new bodyguard and more with mitchell wolf coming up right after this before we get back to Mitchell Wolf, I do need to tell you guys about my favorite protein bar, and you know I'm talking about Built Bars. And at Built.com, there are a bunch of exciting different flavors that you can try there. And the one thing that's great about something like a Built Bar that fits on your diet is it is a protein bar that really tastes like a candy bar. Well, you know, having way less calories, way less sugar, way less carbs, because most Built Bars have about 17 grams of protein, less than 130 calories, and less than 4 grams of net sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs but when you go to built.com right now they have a bunch of different stuff you guys can check out including the built puffs which are the first ever protein infused marshmallow with great flavors like banana cream pie and cinnamon churro i mean that you could stop me right there but they also have built granola bars with a white chocolate berry flavor chocolate peanut butter i love a good granola bar i was stoked about the addition to built.com to go along with all the other great flavors that they have like the regular chocolate peanut butter or cookies and cream or cherry barcia but i love built bars it's so nice to have something to switch it up especially when you're on a diet to have something that tastes as great as a built bar does right and getting a protein bar that doesn't taste waxy that doesn't taste chalky you can't always find those very easily with built.com and built bars you can go and find a ton of different flavors you get all the variety that you need you can get a mix box so you can try a bunch of the different flavors that they have and figure out which one is your favorite and you can even save some money since you listen to this show you can go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent of your order that's go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and you'll save 15 percent off your order at built.com all right guys we're back here with mitchell wolf who is an expert on all things Boston College, is a contributor for the Locked On Boston College podcast. And we have a lot of Zion Johnson questions, and I think everyone should already be feeling great about it with what we've talked about so far. But there's more things we want to talk about because, I mean, we're all very excited about what Zion's going to bring to the table. But now that he has been drafted by the Chargers, that means some things. He'll be asked to protect the prodigal son, Justin Herbert. Is there anything that you can tell Chargers fans about Johnson's ability to pass protect specifically that will show them that the franchise quarterback is in good hands? I mean, that, that's, exact, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, he's in very, very <laughs> capable, good hands. Like, I think so. I was uh, dealing David about this earlier that I think that he's going to be able to come in and start at left guard immediately. And I, I'm actually a Steelers fan. So you guys have Matt Filer and he nice. played right tackle in the past. So if I'm the Chargers, I'm <laughs> putting Zion in at left guard. I'm moving Matt Filer to right tackle where he played in 2019 and or 2018 and 2019 and played surprisingly well. Yeah. Um, and then you put in the other guard, they drafted Jamari Sawyer in a right guard, because even Preach. though Zion, even though Zion was drafted higher, he has never played on the right side of the line. Whereas Sawyer has played right guard, even in the national championship against Alabama. And, sure. you know, traditionally with your guards, you want your left guard to be perhaps the more athletic, the more mobile one, maybe the better pass protector and your right guard to be your more powerful guard. Sure. Uh, so, and that's really what Sawyer has in space. Like he is short squat and just is an absolute people mover. Yes. So <laughs> you put him there. Um, and I think getting him between, you know, I think really, and then that you have a really solid offense line across the board there. So that's what we've been saying. Yeah. I think I th- <laughs> and that's why when I was like looking at fits for Zion, I was thinking, I came across the charge and I thought this could be good because you really solve two positions of need at once because you yeah. solve your left guard <laughs> need and you solve your right guard or right tackle need. That's what so, we were thinking. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know a ton about the Chargers schematically, sure. but in, on the offense, but 
I do know that, you know, with Justin Herbert, you're going to be doing a lot of play action and a lot of deep shots. And over the last two years, that was BC's passing offense. Uh, a lot of under right. center play action. And I think guys, where was the stat I looked up about uh, Justin Herbert? Chargers were the fifth most pass heavy team in the NFL in 2021. And they had the third most play action dropbacks in 2021, which Again, watching BC, a lot of what they do is play action, passing with moving the offensive line. And that's really where Zion has been extremely successful the last few years. So, yeah, so that should be very comfortable uh, for, for him to step into a offense that is quite similar, but mm-hmm. probably a, a little bit different just uh, with the skill position players that he's going to Do you think that with. he'll have any problem moving to the right side, though? Because that seems like it's their plan right now. So if he does have to move to the right side, even though he hasn't played there, do you still think he'll be, you know, you know, obviously we know how smart he is. Do you think that'll still work out though? I mean, I think it would take maybe a little bit of adjustment period, sure. but I mean, if they're, if they're starting him there, like immediately in terms of like in rookie mini camp, like saying, all right, like we're going to play right guard right. and getting him adjusted using that time. I think that would be fine. Like you said, extremely smart player. You know, he has flipped between tackle and guard. I, we actually interviewed uh, the player I mentioned earlier, Christian Mahogany, earlier this mm-hmm. offseason, uh, and he talked uh-huh. about switching from left guard to right guard. And he said it's it's not as hard as switching from guard to tackle, but you do have to kind of just flip your stance, and it does take a little bit of work. But you know, at least for from his point of view, it isn't the most difficult transition to make. That's good. That's definitely good to hear. If that is uh, in fact what the Chargers plan on doing with Zion, I think that's still to be determined. That's what they're personally. saying, though. I mean, at yeah. least that's what they're saying right now. It so. is what they're saying, but uh, I'm I'm still thinking that that could potentially change. You're still hoping for Matt Filer. Right <laughs> One of the I mean, biggest. I, I mean, him. I would definitely prefer Matt Filer over Storm Norton at right tackle. I'll say that. <laughs> yep, we definitely echo that. One of the biggest things the Chargers could improve in 2022 is their rushing attack. I'm sure you believe that Zion will definitely help in that regard. How impressed were you with his with his physicality and his tenacity in the running game? With that's what I've been saying, like about especially like with the gap pulling stuff. And I, I, I Chargers like most teams these days are lean a little more zone heavy and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd say Zion is still very comfortable with that. Very good working in double teams, uh, executing mobile blocks. for sure. Yeah, yeah, good. I mean, he had one of the best RAS testing numbers. I had nine point seven five out of ten, which was, I believe, it was in the top fifty for most athletic guards of <laughs> all time from the RAS scores. Uh, let's see, it was uh, thirty four awesome. out of thirteen hundred and four guards in <laughs> combine history. So, so you could say he's athletic. Yeah, yeah, extremely athletic. So you know, ability to get in the move, no problem. Uh, like I said, and. You know, he is only 6'2", 3'12", ish, but I think that 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 is a point where that lack of height can actually kind of help you because you have that low center of gravity, especially with his, you know, super developed lower uh, lower body and his legs. Change of direction. Where he can, well, he can get better leverage against defensive linemen and uh, get them out of the way in the run game. And, you know, like I said, you know, BC has, with BC, like like you said, really smart players, they really run every kind of run scheme under the sun. You know, they'll run outside zone, inside zone, duo, power, counter, trap, everything. So, like, they BC players come to the league knowing how to, like, run NFL schemes. So he'll know exactly what the Chargers want him to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's obviously one of the things that probably really appealed to the Chargers, seeing him in that offense, seeing him do a lot of the things that they're going to do. But one of my favorite things from a pass protection standpoint, not even the running game, was just there's some still shots of – Zion Johnson just standing there blocking his dude mm-hmm. and like every other offensive lineman is like six yards behind him like yeah in the arc <laughs> around the quarterback and he's just like yeah, yeah. I'll be here like mm-hmm. this anchor's yeah. not going anywhere but let's get Mitchell out on this one I have one more big question for him so now that you've seen some BC prospects I'm sure a bunch of them get drafted and even offensive linemen especially but 
some of them have worked out, obviously, just like any college, and some of them haven't. But now when you're looking at those guys compared to what we see now in an elite prospect like Zion Johnson, like how confident are you that this dude's going to go be able to make that transition to the NFL and have a successful career? I feel extremely comfortable with it because I, I would say he has a floor pretty close to that of a Chris Lindstrom where you just know that at the end of the day, this guy's going to play for probably eight to 12 years and he's going to be an above average guard every year. Yeah. Probably make some, probably make a good amount of pro bowls might make some all pros here and there. Um, but you know, if, if it goes, you know, injury aside, he should just be like a really solid above average guard at the very least. And I think that's kind of what the profile in Lindstrom was too. And I think you get that out of a player because again, he is so dedicated to his craft. He has those, uh, requisite physical gifts in terms of athleticism and physical strength. And like I said, like he is always working on getting better. So if, you know, he has a bad week, he's not going to, you know, kind of lose his focus and be like, oh, I can't do this. He's going to come back and say, all right, how can I fix this? How can I prevent this from ever happening again? So he's the kind of guy that, you know, if a quarterback goes down, he's taking that personally. And I think Chargers fans are really going to appreciate that about him. Yeah, yeah I, mean, he, I think most people are already very excited. <laughs> well, he talked about like uh, he's kind of like the Hulk, like the the, yeah. the angry, the angrier he gets, the the better he plays. And mm-hmm. so I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I know he's going to want to protect Justin Herbert. And I think he's coming into the perfect situation. I mean, just as far as where the Chargers are going and where the offensive line is going. I, and I really believe that Zion Johnson is going to be a big part of where the Chargers want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we really appreciate Mitchell Wolf coming on to talk about Zion Johnson. I mean, we're definitely not Boston College experts, and he definitely is. And we might have to hit him up for some Steelers stuff as well. But you guys can find him on Twitter. Make sure you go shoot him a follow at Mitchell T. Wolf on Twitter. But Mitchell, where else can people find your work when you're writing and doing all the things that you do? So I write for uh, BC Bulletin, which is the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation uh, offshoot for Boston College. And that's uh, connected to the Locked On Boston College podcast. You can also find me at aroundtheblock.com. That's where I do some writing on the Steelers and other NFL stuff. I'm also the uh, host of the Around the Berg podcast, which is Around the Block's Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, oh. and, the Fired Up, <laughs> and the Fired Up NFL Draft podcast, where we're taking a little break now that the draft's over, but that's where we were discussing all our NFL draft content. That's awesome, man. I mean, I, the draft stuff just keeps getting bigger and bigger, man. It really does seem like it's getting close to a full-time thing for a lot of people just oh, with yeah. how much buzz is always around it. But I'm hoping I see you next year at the Senior Bowl. I'm getting married this year, so I didn't get to go this year. But I'll definitely be there next year. Hopefully, we can link up. But thanks for coming on the show, man, and giving us some insight and design, Johnson. We're very excited about him. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, I'm very excited that we got to have Mitchell Wolf on today's show. If I wasn't already excited about Zion Johnson, which I was, I'm more excited about it now. But there's a couple of other guys I'm excited to see what they do in year two, David. And we saw that Joshua Palmer and Asante Samuel Jr. were having press conferences. And it seems like the Chargers are kind of putting out some random press conferences, whoever's around. And in this case, we're having a couple of guys who could be in store for a big sophomore seasons, right? And that even though they didn't really say a bunch of great stuff, right? They didn't have any hot takes they were putting out there, no controversial opinions or anything like that. But it did get us to thinking, you know, what are we expecting from these two guys? Because Josh Palmer was a guy that was thought to be a huge reach and I think had a really successful rookie season given the circumstances he was kind of thrown into. And Asante Samuel Jr. for a lot of last season was the Chargers' best cornerback, you know, better than Michael Davis, better than Chris Harris Jr., but now you have a guy like J.C. Jackson that's thrown in the mix to be that alpha number one corner. So Asante Samuel Jr. slides down, right? So let's start with him because I think 
out of both these guys, obviously he's the higher drafted pick, right? He was the guy they took in the second round of the 2021 draft. The guy that was the dream prospect that we didn't, we stopped putting into our mock drafts because we just thought <laughs> it was too unrealistic for it. To thought happen. he was going to get into the first round. 100%. And he goes out and has a very, very successful rookie season. But unfortunately, he did miss five games due to two separate concussions. That's the biggest thing. I think for him in 2022, that's the one thing you're hoping for, I think, more than anything is just that he can stay healthy. I mean, that's just such a tough way to start your career, especially he's saying, hey, those were his first concussions, right? So we know how Joey Bosa had to deal with that and how much it kind of took out of him for a little while, especially when he got his first concussion. But it was nice to see Asante Samuel Jr. be able to get back out there. It's not like they shut him down for the season. He didn't re-aggravate it after that second one and have it get to a really dangerous area, right? It's all dangerous, but you were just really afraid that he could get another one, right? And then it's like you start questioning your football career at that point. But yeah. he's so talented, David. He's such a dog. We saw so many things to get excited about with Asante Samuel Jr., even in his rookie season. So what are your expectations for him going into year two? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just for Asante Samuel Jr., it's going to be really nice that he doesn't have to feel like he's the top dog anymore. Like he doesn't have to be the number one guy, which I'm sure if you if you would t- ask Asante, he he would welcome that because you know, that's the competitor sure. that he is, and he always brings that. And you saw that, you know, especially early on in the season, like he was really running through people. He was re- reacting and and absolutely smashing dudes, getting a couple of interceptions. Um, even 11 passes defense, you know, during the season, that's, that's really, really solid for, you know, a first year corner in mean, only 12 games, right? Yeah, exactly. In 12 games. So, I mean, he was productive. He showed some ball skills, showed some good tackling ability. I think in year two, I think he's actually, I think the interception numbers are going to go up because I, I don't think the, the other teams are going to be welcoming, uh, a, a target in JC Jackson's direction. I, sure. I think you're going to, you're going to see him, you know, probably get the Revis treatment a little bit. Uh, and they're going to probably try to attack, you know, any of the other corners that are on the field, which I'm sure Asante Samuel jr. Will be among them. So I think that's going to open things up for him to showcase his ball skills even more so than we saw last year. And I think we can see, you know, a four, maybe five interception season for him next, next year. When if you're talking about just the production, the reason I don't think those numbers are, you know, out of outside of his capabilities in 2022 is also the pass rush and how much better yeah, that's going to be. Right. Definitely. And how many more rush throws he could see. Yeah. And also the run defense. And, and I, we're talking run defense and talking about Asante Samuel Jr. Well, that's going to help him because what it is hopefully going to do for the Chargers is bring up a lot more third and longs, a lot yes. more, you know, spots where it's not like they can just run something quick necessarily and get right. it right. Like either going to have to drop back there probably is going to be some pass rush because the Chargers pass rush looks ridiculous right now and he's going to have a lot more opportunities because the other thing is is I mean yes JC Jackson you know is going to make you know a lot of people not want to target him yeah but the other thing is too is that with him being that number one corner he follows receivers right so that's always going to give Asante Samuel Jr. an easier matchup as we see it right now And I do think that even with the addition of Bryce Callahan in the slot, I do think with that addition, you're also seeing that the Chargers probably want to play Asante Samuel Jr. first outside, right, instead of in the corner. And, you know, even though Michael Davis is probably physically more suited for the outside, and maybe it does shake out that way where Michael Davis is on the outside and they put Asante Samuel Jr. in the slot, I know money-wise he's probably hoping that he can stay on the outside outside, because that's, you know, a big difference when you're talking about getting paid as a slot cornerback as opposed to someone like a J.C. Jackson or a Jalen Ramsey or someone like that. But I think the nice thing about him, David, and and what we expect to see this season is, like, 
he can do both. He might be oh, yeah. better suited for the inside. Yeah. And so I think you're going to see a fair amount of flex with him on the inside and him on the outside. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that he, he's a guy that's already showcased that he can do that. And I feel like just with his, you know, height, weight situation and his quickness, I think he, he would excel in this in the slot. And I think, you know, maybe later on in his career, I mean, you could see him switch to that position at some point. But I do think that he is more than capable of playing on the outside. He showed that in his rookie season. So we have heard Brandon Staley say on many, many occasions that he is looking for players that are versatile, that can really play on multiple different positions because he wants to really play the matchup game. He wants to get the best potential secondary and defenders on the field to match up with what he thinks the offense is going to do. Yeah, and I think the other interesting thing, I mean, I have big expectations for Asante Samuel Jr. I think he fell off a little bit after that second concussion, and I think that's a very hard thing to deal with. But I think he bounced back. If he stays healthy, I'm expecting very, very big things as him, the main CB2 for the Chargers. But it was interesting that they paired these two guys because they were picked right consecutively. It was Asante in the second round, and then Josh Palmer was the first pick of the third round. Second, third round pick was Trey McKitty. But the other thing about these two guys specifically is these are the two dudes who were going at it after practice last season, even as rookies. And that's something they've been doing since they both played high school football in South Florida. These two 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 dudes have known each other for a long time. It's a the really NFL cool factory, St. Thomas Aquinas. Exactly. And both those guys, even though Josh Palmer is a Canadian, one of the five Canadians, these dudes have a history and you can tell they have a friendship there and yes. are willing to put the extra work in. But Josh Palmer is an interesting situation because I think we know that Asante Samuel Jr., at least we think, is going to be CB2 for the Chargers. Josh Palmer's wide receiver three. And there's a lot of yeah. things that we wanted, you know, as far as traits that we wanted the Chargers to fill in free agency or in the draft, especially from a speed standpoint. Right. But I think one thing, you know, is like when you're looking at did the Chargers wide receivers improve, like the yeah. biggest thing that you can hope for, David, as far as an improvement, since there weren't a lot of additions to that room, yeah. is that Josh Palmer can take a big step in 2022. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think what you saw at a Josh Palmer is the work ethic is there. I mean, this is a guy that wanted to stay after practice every single day, work with Justin Herbert, and really try to you know get that chemistry going. And that was like pretty much as soon as he stepped in the building, he was trying to do that. And I think that you saw that pay dividends because later on in the season, they were really trusting him in those just ridiculously high leverage situations. And I think honestly, for me, Daniel, what what really um, sticks out for me as far as Josh Palmer is concerned is you feel really good about what he does and what he is capable of when he is on the football field. And God forbid anything happens to your top two wide receivers. I think that you feel like you're not going to see a tremendous drop off from them to Josh Palmer. And I think that's a credit to him credit to the work that he's putting that he's put in the, his mindset on always wanting to get better. Um, And Hey, he's, he was out there 17 games had 50 targets, 33 catches 353 yards four touchdowns and one drop only one yeah. drop the and best hands of any wide receiver yeah, year, not sure. something you could see about the say about the rest of the chargers wide receivers but i just love that sense of calm that he brings to that room and it really just lengthens that room and makes it more uh, makes it a deeper room yeah and i mean there's a, a few things when you look back at josh palmer's rookie season that he really did well i mean he was only on the field for about 38 percent of the chargers offensive snaps yeah. in the 30s percentage wise and that's the one thing that's hard because with him you still have the same two big dogs that are coming back right you're still trying right. to 
find targets or like earn targets in an offense that has, you know, two receivers that are making 20 plus million dollars a season. So that, yeah. that doesn't change this year. Right. I mean, he could get a lot better, but it's, how does he get more targets? You know, how does he get more snaps offensively? The other thing is about it is from a, a production standpoint, the chargers could be a more run heavy team this year. I don't think they're yeah. going to be a run based team, but I do think they could be a lot more run heavy with the additions on the offensive line and adding someone like Isaiah Spiller, which is what you hope the Chargers are, right? More balanced than they were in 2022 yes. or in 2021. But, like, I still feel like he's going to have a better season. I mean, obviously, yeah. if an injury happens to either one of those top two guys, you do feel better about it. You do feel good about the drop-off and having depth at that position. But you wonder, too, also if he's going to be able to steal more of those snaps from Jalen Guyton because it was a pretty equal split between those it two was. last year. Yeah, And I do think that when you look at Josh Palmer's plays that he did make so many big plays, right? He had yeah. a lot of big plays. He had the fourth and 21 touchdown against the Raiders to keep the Chargers season alive. That was a huge play. You look back at a game like the Patriots where they just throw it up to the end zone. He makes a big play. The route the running, the, the hands. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, the nice thing it. is you've seen some ability for him to, you know, track the ball, go up and get yeah. balls that time, make contested catches. Yeah. But he also is a great route runner, just, you know, like Keenan Allen is. And he says he's constantly going to be, you know, continuing to learn from those dudes. But, I mean, you see a knack there. And I do think the one thing that could be much better for Josh Palmer is the average yards per catch. He was at 10.7 yeah. last season. Hopefully with an improved offensive line this year, you see him, you know, be able to make some more plays downfield because he had a couple that Herbert just straight up missed last year. Yeah. But the one thing he does, even though, you know, he has a four or five one speed is obviously not something that's going to, you know, take the top off the defense by itself. But the one thing he had showed the ability to do has shown the ability to do in his first season in the NFL and in college was even with his speed, being able to separate at the deep part of the field, because that yeah. is a skill on its own. He's a great ball tracker, but yeah. being able to find that separation deep down the field, even when you're not just out running guys, using the leverage, using your route running to create that space down the field. That's really all Justin Herbert needs. It's not necessarily yeah. a jump ball, but he's found a way to get open in that third part of the field. And he's a complete enough receiver has the size and all of those things to threaten everything else underneath. So, I like really a lot of what he did his rookie season. He has the makings of a good NFL receiver. He has the body. Yeah. He has the skills to do it. And, I mean, he's a, it's a great succession plan for those other two wide receivers. But yes. I do think he is going to outproduce his rookie season, even if there's the same amount of weapons offensively. I think we see a bigger year from Josh Palmer. And I'm excited to see both these guys because these are two young players that with Justin Herbert's contract coming up and the rest of the big contracts that the Chargers are paying out right now, that they're going to have to come through on these rookie deals while they're still cheap and be big-time components of the offense and the defense, and I think that they will be in 2022. There's not many people I'm more high on as far as how much they can improve going into year two. Because, I mean, Rashawn Slater I'm excited about too, but like, <laughs> like me and David talked about, how much better can you be than all pro, right? Yeah. Like He's going to get better as well. But Asante Samuel Jr., Josh Palmer, I'm expecting big things from in 2022 but that is going to wrap things up for today's show and now before we had our special guests on today we we're going to do some undrafted free agents so maybe we'll get into that on tomorrow's show but we also have thursday where this schedule release is happening and we're potentially going to have a live show that evening after the schedule gets dropped so make sure you guys check in on us there and we'll be live on youtube and on twitter so make sure you're subscribing on the lockdown Chargers youtube channel and also finding the show at lockdown lac to ask us your questions to get on these live videos and to find the show posted there every single day. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at Drotalk SD. And you can also find the show on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. 
Very excited for what the rest of the week has in store for us. But you can also call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line if you guys want to be a part of the show. Fan Mail Friday is probably going to get bumped this week with the schedule release. But you can still call into 323-524-7924. It's going to be a lot of fan days during the offseason. We're excited to get you guys on the show. Get your thoughts. And it always usually helps the content. I mean, you guys have really brought it pretty much every week when we've asked for your guys' questions. So continue that and continue to make us your first listen because we so much appreciate it and we appreciate all of your guys' support. We will be back with you guys tomorrow, probably with our favorite undrafted free agents at this point to have a chance to make the Chargers roster. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.